welcome to the Fans End podcast. It's been a little while since the last one, and, and with it being Saturday, Tuesday games, it's um, there's a lot to cover. Um, and our numbers are few this evening, so I'll introduce myself as Liam. To my left we have Paul, and then Fraser, and Simon. Just the four of us. But, like the gunman of the apocalypse, we're going to tackle the end of the Oxford United season. Since the last pod, we can't remember if we covered the fact we're through to a final, which we obviously haven't cared about throughout the um, tournament, and we've decided after the final, we don't care about it still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Whoever went, I think, also agrees, and whoever stayed at home, yeah, I'm sure we're all on the same page. But we got through to that, we then lost to Rovers, Sheffield, um, beat Peterborough, lost to Oldham, beat Scunthorpe, lost to Bolton, drew a game, first one in 2017 against mm. Northampton, uh, beat Barry 5-1 and then two dire performances. So without going back... We have played some amount of games. Yeah, <laughs> um, more than anyone else this season, I believe. And last season. And last season. So, well, Circum at Wembley got his 100th appearance. Rocks That's it. crazy, isn't it? And he's only been here a season and, what is it, forfeits or mm. something like that. That's quite incredible. Yeah. Um, but instead of talking about all of them, let's talk about the last three, which we tend to do anyway. Um, so let's start with 5-1. And <laughs> let's enjoy that as long as you can. We could just spread some of those goals out <laughs> yeah. for the two games that came after. We, yeah. yeah. But we can't do that. So, um, yeah, Barry, um, it was a funny game, wasn't it? Because I thought, although we won 5-1, you know, a few moments when it was 1-0 and 2-0, we had a few sort of defensive shaky moments where... Had a better team than Bury capitalised, it might have been a different story. But and I'm not taking anything away from Oxford, but I think Bury were particularly poor on the night. Yeah, but you know you can only play what's in front of you. You know, so. their defence was meant to be really, really good. Oh uh, yeah, they hadn't conceded like the ten in games before. They conceded very few goals, and yeah. then they seemed to make all the mistakes against Oxford. I mean, brilliant, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, fans have been saying for quite a while that. One of these days we're going to give a team a hiding because we mm -hmm. play nice football. But we're not always clinical, and it, it didn't seem like a clinical performance somehow. You're right; it was sort of a little bit. We got the goals but without really playing wonderfully. Yeah, we played better than that and not got that sort of result. Yeah, but hey, you take it. Then. Well, McElhaney does offer something different, doesn't mm -hmm. he? And you, that was a great game to demonstrate it. Obviously, the hat trick helps, but. Well, yeah, there was a there was a question. I don't Could know what the answer him, was. The last we? person to score two hat tricks for Oxford, Moody, I think I've heard. Oh, was it? it before the game? Tonight. Well, that's but a that fair was in while, Two separate it? spells, right? The first Moody in the first and second, but yeah, I it think. must be a long time. Um, so yeah, it took a lot of fans to Wembley. Um, was it just under thirty-two in the end? Yeah. Was it really? I don't there know seems there seems to be a really odd thing with Wembley where last season I think we took thirty four thousand and something and this season whenever anyone's talked about it they've gone, Well last year we took thirty five. And yeah, it seems to be a bit of an odd one where people round, round up quite up. a lot. Yeah. When we're like, Oh we'll beat that this year. But there was this sort of I don't know, I'm not trying to attack any fans here, but there does become an obsession about the attendance, doesn't it? How many yeah. we're taking and I think it was Particularly prevalent this year because Coventry were bringing a lot more than us. Yeah. And a lot of people felt maybe even threatened by how dare another team bring more than us. Well, they are a bigger club. Yeah. You know? What they've spent, was it well, 43 years? Their fans 43? were saying goodbye. 
Yeah. Mm. So I think it was 43 years consecutively in the top flight they had. Like, that is a massive club. And Coventry's a big city with a, a huge history. Not that Oxford isn't. And, and that's why Oxford is so well supported, because again, it is a big city and a big county. But Coventry are huge. And let's not lose sight of the And they the haven't facts. been to Wembley for 40 years. Well, yeah, and let's not lose sight of the fact that 32,000 is still a great number to be taking to the National Stadium yeah. for, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, we've been plying our trade in League One or below for 18 years. You know, yeah. That's still, a, still a great number, I think, for a club of our size. Absolutely. In terms of the, the actual game, there have been lots of people saying that the fans or the players boycotted it as, as well. I think that's a touch harsh. I, th- I thought it was uh, I thought it was a poor performance, um, and I think a lot of the players that we hoped would be able to cope well with that sort of situation didn't really handle it well. Mm. No. It just seemed flat all round. I think. I think Coventry started brighter. Their fans got behind them. They were making the noise. They got the earlier goal, and it just seemed that we didn't get going either mm-hmm. as fans or as a team. It was just a bit, mm. a bit flat. And I, I, not that I for a second think Michael Appleton would set a team up with this mindset, but there maybe was a sense of we expected to win the game because uh, we went there last year and didn't win. And, this and was we're going like, to do a Barnsley. <laughs> yeah, this was like us putting it right and coming and back and, and winning the game. And, and I just think, you know, perhaps Coventry, Coventry's players had a sense of uh, what we've got to lose today. You know, we're, we're pretty much down, mm-hmm. just not mathematically yet, but I mean, they are... I don't know what their result was tonight, but they, they lost. Were, oh, they were 2 0 down last year. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that they are going down. Um, here's a final at Wembley for you. You know, what What have we got to lose? Um, and then perhaps maybe we played with more pressure on us, I don't know. But like you say, it was just all round. It was, I think, the phrase nothing to write home about. It was just a bit sort of. Eh. Phil Edwards' shot goes in at the death, and I, I think we probably would have taken them an extra time you know we had the momentum then but mm-hmm. fact is it didn't go in and that's that's that yep um and then on to so we were actually recording this just after the the spectacular fleetwood match that we've just sat through um <coughs> I'll, I'll kick things off by saying i thought fleetwood were, were an awful awful side yeah but they won <laughs> so yeah what are you gonna do efficient that's, you know, they, they stopped us playing mm-hmm. with the help of the referee. Mm-hmm. Made, I, I, well, they missed quite a few possible sendings. I don't like criticising referees because they've got a really difficult job to do, but there were so many things that were quite obvious. Yeah. He, he seemed like a very arrogant man, didn't he? Yeah. Who, it was like, well, I'm going to wait for me, charge. but I fill in yeah, my little yeah, book because yeah, I've booked yeah. you. No, no, you wait yeah. for me. Apparently, yeah. though, off the pitch, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> so, that that is from experience that does need to tend to be a bad sign although the, the good news is um, Chris well I'm not going to say it <laughs> uh, the Sheffield United the sea bomb <laughs> yeah um, oh yeah we do have our swear jar here yeah I very much failed there you are, just to prove it is in action yeah yeah, the Sheffield United boss made a, a bit of a fool of himself at the full-time whistle. Surely not. <laughs> I don't believe um, that. And was very, very questionable. We don't have to play him next year, so that's good. Yeah. Um, what did he do? Did you not see? No. I, he went uh, over to the fans and just made a massive point about banging the badge and, and like 
Which is unusual because I thought he just disappeared down the tunnel and was never seen again. Yeah, yeah. and it was that. it was obvious it was an obvious show to to us, um, but we we don't have to play him next year. I mean, we're we Wilder doing. Oh, I said his name. Ding. <laughs> we're Wilder doing that. I mean, let the baby have his bottle. Mm. Who cares? So what? He's a. We know what he, we think of him, and well, the good news and is, what if we'd have beaten Fleetwood tonight, they'd have been promoted, so they've got to wait. Well, exactly. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> did that deliberately. So, gonna win the next five. See you in the champ. <laughs> It's looking like a crazy, crazy task of seven points in five games to make up. But I did see a stat this week, which was seven years ago, we beat Gateshead. It is just amazing. We've been promoted twice. We've been to Wembley three times in that in that period. We've we've now got to a point where the stadium is is looking like it's being sorted. We've got a load of young players who aren't just on loan. They're not just with the club and that's good because they you know can can want to be part of its future they're actually owned by oxford united and that's awesome there's there's so much potential there we've seen uh, a player come in and score 20 plus goals and get sold on for three million we've seen a player come through our youth team and get sold for over a million and this is all really positive stuff so many people said at the beginning of the season i'll be happy mid-table I think, I think just looking back at the last seven years, it's been it's been insanely good. What we've got as well is a manager who's willing to learn. Mm. Um, he'll every loss like tonight, he's learning more about this squad and what we'll need next year. And I have complete confidence that he'll go out, get the right people, and we'll make a real go of it next year. Mm. For me, he is the linchpin. In, in everything. We've got great players and we've got a good owner and I think it all does revolve around him though. I mean, who, honestly, if he went left, who would we want to replace him? Uh, I, I can't even begin to try and answer that. It's just, I haven't got a clue who... And I know that, that we shouldn't... I mean, maybe it's not that safe to be in a position where you think, God, could we really replace this guy? Of course he's replaceable, but... There's a danger with it that you replace him with a tradition. A typical Division Three manager, yeah, rather yeah. than somebody who's who's right, adaptable. He's learning. He's bright. He tries things diff, you know, different mm. ideas. It's n we don't play like a typical Division Three side. No. We try and play football, and that that all stems from what he's trying to do. And how, you know, the whole thing is is built around his yeah. idea. But we are on the up, and that's incredibly exciting. And and actually, looking back at the last however many games, Sheffield United were by far and away the the best team I think we've seen this season. Oh yeah, um, it absolutely great. It's interesting what you were saying though. Just going back a little bit to seven years ago, where we were. I think you can almost just go back two years, where mm. halfway through Appleton's first season in charge, there was a lot of people going, no, it's, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And we in just over two seasons, we've gone from being, a, you know, not sure about him. Is he doing the right thing? Are we playing the right way? Is it going to work? To a promotion, two Wembley appearances, cup runs, yeah, mm. knocking out like a great and a great young squad full of talented players who were worth, you know, we must have seven mm. or eight players who would easily go for decent money. Mm -hmm. mm. And I, I mean, I know it's been said so many times, but I think, I don't know if it was Daryl Wheels or Mark Ashton, I don't know who was making that decision, but 
I think one of the someone deserves so much credit for not getting rid of Appleton. There was a game at home. I think we lost to Hartlepool in mid-February, and the the pressure was really on, and most fans wanted him out. And clearly, someone could see something that a lot of fans couldn't. And whoever that person is, I imagine it's Deals. Um, I think deserves a lot of credit because where would we be now had we got rid of him? You know, who's to say? But um, you know, we went on after that season to be to score more goals than anyone in England mm. last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's, thank God we didn't get rid of him. I and we just seem to be growing. Yeah, uh, I think. Do you know almost to the point where that game away at Middlesbrough, when we went two two, although it was an amazing moment, there was a sort of feeling of. I don't, if, if, I don't know if it's just me that was, but there was a feeling of I thought we'd do that. I thought we might have, we might mm. maybe get a result here today. Mm-hmm. And how brilliantly arrogant is that? You know that we yeah, could turn up at Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough and be disappointed that you've got yeah. What? what? I mean, it's bonkers. <laughs> but he's delivered that sense of we can be arrogant about it. Why? Why can't we beat these lot? Why can't we give this lot a game today? You know. Well, this comes from the first season in charge. Uh, we scored in the last few minutes against West Brom. And went through yeah. to extra time. Did we lose in extra time? Was it or did it go to At that point, you go. Um, I, I believe Oxford played incredibly well that that match, yeah. and there were so many, so many times. You think, well, Swansea's the prime example. We weren't lucky to win that game, Middlesbrough. We weren't lucky to get back into it. We fully deserved to. Yeah. And and that's great. Uh, and the, the fans have a, a lot to be thanked about that when you look at Middlesbrough Carlisle last year so many games that the crowd have been incredible yeah and there is a, a sense of unity which is which is brilliant and so another thing that is brilliant about the management setup the cl- the players that the entire the way the club is run at the moment it's so i don't know what the word is i'm looking for here but it's so opposite of quick reactionary it ju- it doesn't panic about things mm. you know appleton doesn't our players don't the owner, right to the owner, and everything that happens at the club. There doesn't seem to be a, this silly sense of panic. It's just, well, just calm down. You know, let's let's push on with what we're doing because it's worked up to now. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Appleton all, often talks about being in the game around 60 minutes. And how many games this year have we won at home late on or got a result late yeah. on? You know, mm. and that's not luck. That's just we keep on plugging away. There's there's a there's a mindset around the club of. It is not over until it's over, you know, mm. which it's is com- a good thing to be. Yeah, in. It's confidence in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, belief yeah. in actually, yeah, we're all behind what he's trying to do. Yeah, all the players are behind it. I think and, we'd and be we're set up to to do that. Yeah, we'd be higher up the table if the pitch was better as well, like it was last season. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. The pitch has been, yeah, yeah. and that's got to train the players odd. as well. Yeah. You know, just little knocks and ankles. And was the pitch laid at the start of the 15-16 season? Yeah. So was it? Uh, I'm guessing it was not in the plan that it would be in the state that it's in now. Is there something no, gone wrong mean, there? Or? Judging by the Facebook Live interview, Daryl Eels is not happy with what happened during the summer with the company that laid it. I guess so. I don't know. I mean, he just the the whole situation. He seemed to be quite annoyed about. Right. Um, and something's going to happen during the summer. I think the plan is to play a game before Portugal. Um, and then the after Portugal everything will be away from home until the first game of the season whilst we're on the subject of Darren Eels imminent Russian slash Chinese tape, oh, tape yes. over 
Uruguay. Um, Uruguay. Yeah, loads, loads of names in the hat of, of these billionaires that are all after Oxford United. Um, obviously, we don't know what truth is in it, and, and people have spotted all these people at games and stuff like that. But I, I think that's another positive. Like I might just be trying to be optimistic, but when we were back in the conference, we wouldn't have had billionaires looking at the club, would we? Mm, or, no, or even the rumour. They're seeing potential. Mm. You know, if you, if you want to buy into any kind of football club uh, at the sort of level that these guys, we're not talking about, you know, a local businessman done good who's buying into his boyhood club and trying to take him on a journey. No. <laughs> oh, journey. But you're talking about yeah, Russian billionaires who've got connections to Monaco or Uruguayan yeah. billionaires who've got connections to Russian, Russian billionaires, billionaires yeah. who've got yeah. They're not coming into this thinking, oh that'll be a bit of fun for a couple of years. They they're seeing huge potential in a county that is got only one football club, a mm -hmm. city that, you know, we're, we're unlike a lot of other counties in that we've got one city, we, you mm. know, you go to a lot of other counties, there's, you know, there's, there's rival cities, like yeah. Yorkshire, whatever it might be, Lancashire, mm. we've only got the one city, we all, we all love Oxford, rather, there's no rivalry there, mm. so, and we've got a huge catchment area, and pretend, you know, if, if, if there's a new stadium or a redeveloped stadium or whatever there, there is, you know, there's a, it's a huge potential. Mm -hmm. For the club, well, so and you have got the, the setup of, you know, Appleton, Eels, whatever. You've got somebody there who the momentum. You give mm. them the resources, and they can fly. Yeah. Um, You'd hope though, if someone were to come in, take over the club, or put a lot of money in, and let's be let's be real. So no, someone's. If someone comes and puts a lot of money in, they're going to want a say in the way that's spent and the way the club is run, obviously. They're not just going to put money in and let Eels run the whole thing. That, that does not the way you know business works, really, is it? But if someone were to come in, they'd surely need to be told or shown, look, this has worked because we've stuck with this formula. I, I'd only worry that if a lot of money came in, that investor would want to see results quickly. Well, yeah, yeah. Now, if Appleton had a bad two months... Is his job suddenly at risk because this person wants? Um, this is pure speculation. No, you're right, it, you know, in, be Indian billionaire chicken farmers who bought into well, that exactly. and hiring and firing every ten yeah. minutes. Have got yeah. no idea what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or you right, could you get somebody who wants to, you know, change you to playing in red. Mm. And yeah. and you, get the, you get the feeling yeah. that obviously Michael Appleton is now very employable. Mm. You get the feeling he's staying at Oxford because he trusts the owner. Yeah. Would he potentially walk if he thought I don't like the look of this person that's coming in? Because Mike Appleton doesn't, in mean, the greatest respect to our football club, he doesn't need our club in the same way that he probably did when he first came well, the, here. The big thing that the club has, um, particularly for a manager like Michael Appleton, is if if a club wants instant results, bringing on Appleton is not the way to get those. Yeah, absolutely. He needs time, he needs to yeah. form his team and get players he trusts to play the way that he wants to He's play. He's not a Neil Warnock, for example. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, he's what he's got at the moment is time. Yeah, it, there, there are plenty of similarities. You look at Fergie's first season in charge of Man U. And so His first game in charge of Man U. When we've won 20 <laughs> league titles or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, 21 or, yeah. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll match that record. It's interesting you mentioned Ferguson because apparently Appleton spoke to him. Yeah, after, that came uh, out, didn't it? Yeah. Before he joined yeah, yeah. us or certainly after. It, it was whilst he was Blackburn, deciding. Blackpool and... Apparently, he contacted him 
asked to speak to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. expected a two-way conversation, and it was a one-way conversation with Ferguson telling him exactly what he should do and how he should, you know. It was it was basically do, research do your due diligence on who you're joining. You know, yeah. you should you should know what they're about. You shouldn't yeah. go into it with your eyes closed. And yeah, absolutely. So there's always that. I, that's perhaps in the back of his mind. Actually, he's settled here. He's settled. You know, mm-hmm. his family here. He, he seems settled mm-hmm. in the area. Yeah. I think he likes it, and the club is set up for him. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, 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 he's got the backroom staff that work brilliantly for him. Yeah, that he trusts, mm-hmm. and we've got young players. You know, the, the recruitment is is working for him. Mm. One of the issues we saw quite recently was the training ground, wasn't it? That, mm-hmm. that as it stands, that's that's we can't use it at the end of this calendar year, but yeah. we're trying to extend it yes. to the end of the. Well, that that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Because in modern football, the training ground seems key, doesn't yeah. it? It's, it's a that's much bigger thing than it used to be. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know we're, we're obviously not Man City. <laughs> well, exactly. But, yeah. um, Man City's been absolutely billions, didn't they? Mm. Put in, they've got seventeen pitches that are all different dimensions, different. Um, amounts of grass and, and plastic in them so that they are playing on the same dimensions and the, the same sort of quality pitch as their next opponent for a week before they play them. Mm. And, and seven days? Well, yeah, quite often. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's just, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and yeah, as you say, we might not have one the end of next season. Well, so yeah. I think the other thing for an investor is Oxford. You know, that is known everywhere in the world before you do anything. Mm. Yeah, it's such yeah, a you, famous. Don't tell people where it is. Do you? No, yeah. it's not like yeah. No, the the Plenty university of obviously the the war the war kind of situation because it wasn't bombed and yeah. it would have been the capital city and all of that stuff. So I thought you were thinking. So there been a war in Oxford. Sorry, yeah. Many, <laughs> many wars in Oxford against Oxfordshire and Wickham. And yeah. Um, so yeah, mm. it is. It is kind of a brand that mm. might be worth getting. In terms of our catchment of fans and, and growing the club and that, where do people stand on the whole? I don't. I hate to use this word. The whole day tripper argument um, of fans who come up for the big games but not. Obviously, it's not as black Clubs and white can't as survive without them. No. If you rise up the league, you have to accept them. Yeah, you, you, you made a point earlier about we have an obsession with crowd sizes. Yeah. Well, yeah. at the moment, if you don't have those day trippers, we're down to five or six thousand core yeah. supporters. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. if to progress, you're going to get day trippers. Well, you're going to get people who, who, who maybe make one or two games a season, yeah. or people who aren't supporters as such of Oxford. But who live in the city and think, yeah, oh, yeah. that'll be a nice day out. We, their, their money's as good as anyone else's. Oh, and, absolutely, and, yeah. and unfortunately, it's 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 money. It's a money-driven business. Yeah, yeah. And not all of them are going to stay day trippers either. There'll be right. some that everybody has to make their first yeah. trip to watch. Oxford, oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. But from Wembley, didn't we get between four and five hundred thousand from ticket sales? Um, the thing I really don't like, fan-wise, is the fact that. Rob Hall got a direct tweet to him going, you should have squared it. At least one. Several, I believe, got there. Okay. And don't, like Dunkley's antics on Twitter have been interesting, where he seems to have been searching his name and liking anything that slags him off. I think to make a point of the fact that he's a person and yeah. like, he's got feelings and stuff. 
you know that he's going to do it. So why are you putting it on Twitter? Because I mean, it can really affect him. The way the way I look at this is social media, Twitter. Someone direct messaging or tweeting or let's say Rob Hall to say why didn't you square to Kane Hemmings uh, in, the, in the trophy final? Um, with any criticism like that, I think there's got to be an element of saying to the player, look. The guy's a moron. Okay, just just get. Over, just, don't worry about Twitter. Okay, have an account, but don't let it get into your head. Okay, just be a professional and rise above that. Because it's no different to some idiot in the front row giving a volley of abuse to someone not squaring a ball. You know, it, I don't know why. I and I know it's not as easy as saying rise above it because it's your mentality. It's the way your 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 makeup is, goes, isn't it? Whether you bite to it or not. I'd imagine you know the the, the Dunkley thing of searching for himself. You know. It's a. It's not a good thing to be getting into. If I was, if I was speaking to Shay Dunkley, I'd say, look, don't do that. There's <laughs> going to be people who don't like the way you play. Okay, just accept that. Not everyone is going to love you. Whereas the other end of the scale, I think you've got someone like Chris Maguire, who's got a perfect attitude of, I couldn't care less about what what you know. Stays off of things like social media. Doesn't really care what people think of the way he plays. Or, and it's. I, I think that's the attitude that having that confidence in yourself to, to rise above things like that. I mean, if people have messaged Rob Hall, things like that, I'd say to Rob, I, I'd ask fans to not do that, but I'd also say to Rob Hall, look, just rise above it, just it, ignore it. It just seems like a really odd You're a professional a footballer because you were selected to be one through years of, you know, nothing, nothing, no one on Twitter decided you were going to be that. Just get over it, you know. Should have squared it though, shouldn't they? Yeah, why didn't you square it, Rob? <laughs> Let's move on to what's coming up. So we've got five games left, five cup finals, because we always do well in cup finals. Um, so Warsaw, Bradford, Port Vale, Millwall and Shrewsbury. Matt thinks we're going to get four points. <laughs> what do we think from those five games? Do you know, is it even a, is this, this might sound defeatist, but are we even in a situation now where we're going to put a lot of experimental sides out, see what works, what doesn't. I mean, that is throwing in the towel for the playoffs because it's taking your eye off. Yeah, but the first... Or are we still in the hunt to try and get the playoff until, until it's over? Because you hate yeah. to go, oh, well, it's over, we're not going to make it. Yeah. And two couple of teams above us absolutely implode. Yeah. And we miss out. All of a sudden, with two games to go, oh, actually, yeah, we yeah. can still do this. Yeah. And you want, too late. no matter you know, what happens now, you want the momentum to bring into next season. Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, like yeah, we did was, the first season. Yeah, that was that was good. The end of the first season with with Map and Charge. Yeah, I think seven. I think we'll win. Win a couple of games, draw one, lose a couple of games. So I think it'll be a. I mean, going into who the those games, who the wins will come against, I have no idea. I mean, going into the next game, I think Walsall is very winnable. I mean, they aren't making the playoffs and they aren't going down. You'd like to think players have mentally checked out, unless they're your players. They'd like to think their players have, but. Well, I think there's plenty. There are plenty of changes that. Map can make with only two days off. Three you can change Carroll and Johnson for Edwards and Scars. You can put Raglan in the centre, so you can change those. And then on the bench you had Ledson. You can put Maguire on one of the wings, McElhaney on one of the wings, bring in Hemmings and, and Martinez. Like there are there are plenty mm. of things you can move around. Um, it's just whether they're mentally knackered. Like it's been it's been mad. Mm. I'm sick of the journey to that stadium this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just been so often. 
Do we think that's a result of our good form in cups that we're now at a stage in the league where we just seem exhausted? Yeah, I think so. Had we gone out of the first round of every competition we were in this year, do we think we'd be in a better league position now? Or, I mean, it's so loose and fast that question. It's so yeah. broad. You could there's so many eventualities that could have but happened. I, I reckon could so because you've got a better pitch as well. You could look at like Northampton last season. They went out of the cups earlier, I think, mm. and you know their league form. Yeah, benefited from it. Yeah. Well, and then you've got the distraction of Wembley that everyone everyone calls. I don't know. I don't so know. Looking at the results, we we performed quite well after winning cup games. Yeah, I think so sometimes you can, can be buoyed by yeah. them, can't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we don't know how many points. Uh, what did you say? Nine, seven, eight. I'll go ten then. Although I mean, you know, ten. If we finish on ten, that's what sixty-nine points we'll finish on, and that's. We're going to sh fall painfully short, aren't we? Yeah. We all know it. We're going to fall pain and we're going to do that thing where if we just beaten Northampton away and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just Shrewsbury away. The difference this season has been that the sides that went up, we've taken one point out of a possible 18. It's, uh, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah. Funny old game. Yeah. Um, and yet, half of those it's only Rovers are above us. Half of those you're in your yeah. the playoffs. But then we, we got points last season that were perhaps questionable and then I, I keep coming back to Rochdale at home because I think it was an exceptionally poor performance but we got three points from it and when you go oh we should have got three points against Northampton or whatever no one ever goes but to be fair we shouldn't have got three <laughs> points against Rochdale so Liam don't start on balancing acts there was a guy who did that last year about refs and he's you know he's still brought up now so still this season so <laughs> still waiting for all those penalties I think the main thing that we need to take out of the end of this season is um, we're, we're looking really positive for next year. Yeah, just mm. got to build on it. No matter yeah. who's in charge, hopefully it'll still be Eels. But if it's not, it's not. Hopefully nice the stadium will be ours. Yeah, McElhaney's looking great. We we need a bigger squad. Where do we think we need to strengthen them? Uh, or is that a question for the end of the season podcast? <laughs> I, I think central midfield. Look at the fullbacks and maybe a winger or two. You need to get a new goalkeeper. He's a bit would shocking. You, would you? Yeah, he is. Get him out. Uh, Benji back, please. <laughs> would you? Um, would you be surprised to see Joe Scars go in the summer? No, no, unfortunately. I'd be, I'd be upset, but not surprised. Yeah. When you've got McDonald and Taylor going, it's, it's players like Scars. And I thought Sirks until Wembley, to be honest. Um, but he did make a difference coming on. Yeah, he did. Um, then again, you know, Matt won't judge that on. You know, being unreactionary, he's not going to go. Well, he's going to Wembley, so well. No, he's very much well. But I'll, I'll take your point. He was, yeah. He did people change like Circum, they, they are experienced people. Yeah. And that is what we are lacking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, for some, sometimes as well, it, it, it's not just what is that player like. What can he bring to the team? Mm. It's what's he on, money-wise. Yeah. And what's he like in the changing room? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, is he is he a good influence there? There's more to it perhaps than just. Yeah the player on the pitch mm. but I think he does bring a lot I think he, he brings something from midfield that we've not really mm. got which is that, that you know late runs into the box yeah having a, you know he's, he's prepared to shoot where I think we tend to occasionally overplay yeah you know, with our, our central midfielders aren't always looking for for the first chance to shoot whereas he will yeah so I'd, I'd like to keep I think and do we think we're going to offer McAlini a contract I think so yeah. 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 yeah yeah it's whether or not what he's done in since he's been with us mm. has alerted 
teams higher up than us. Well, yeah, two hat tricks has got to yeah. scream out, hasn't it? I guess by the time we we record our next podcast, well, Martinez would have gone back to the Irons. What did we? Yeah. What's everyone's opinion of him? It will go the whole game and do. Everyone very feels little. that way about their forwards, so. and then he'll score. Hmm. Like it's only three, but you look at each goal he scored. I don't think he's offered much more to each of those games. I, I, I think he has, but I think he, he wins a decent amount of headed balls. Uh, in but in those games that he scored in. No, I think like tonight he came on. He won challenges in the air. I, th- I, th- I think perhaps. Score, I think well, it's no, either then he plays well or he scores. Maybe, basically. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think if if he's enjoyed it here and West Ham feel he's, he's progressed, because I, I can't see him getting into West Ham's first team, no. would he go to a championship club? Possibly. But then if he's getting more game time, I can quite definitely see him getting, you know, just taking him on a year, mm. a year's loan. Mm-hmm. And just judging well, the social unhappy with that Social if he was playing really off somebody like like a, a better Ryan Taylor type mm. player yeah. somebody who will hold the ball who will do the bullying of the centre halves that he's perhaps not quite strong enough to do but he does reasonably yeah. well and feed off a bigger centre forward a bit more of an experienced centre forward yeah, yeah. I, I feel that the, the term the next Torres is not an accurate <laughs> one at all he's not a ball at his feet striker he seems like he's got a finish on him, yeah. but he seems a bit more physical. Yeah. Um, and I, like the term the the next Torres seems like you can give it to his feet at anywhere on the pitch, and he'll weave his way to goal and put it yeah. in. I don't feel he's that sort of player at yeah. all. As you say, he's a he he was brought in to replace Taylor, yeah. and that's exactly what he is. So yeah, in, in answer to your question, lots of players we need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think I think the size of the squad is the main thing. If we can bulk it out, central midfield we seem fine, but everywhere else I think we could do with cover. Do you think we see Mr. Maguire departing? Mm, I, I vary know. that opinion from game to game. Mm, but last season at the award ceremony, the award dinner, he was bidding to train with the players next season. In it was obviously a jokey like, oh, I want to be here next year. But I do feel he, he seems quite at home here. And yeah. in the early part of the season, when we needed a player to stand up and, and guide the team, he did that. In in more That's recent the months, run in last season. Yeah. yeah. In more recent months, when other players have been in form, Marvin Johnson, like in particular, but um, Robbie Hall and and all these players that that have been playing well, uh, McElhaney, obviously, Maguire's not been the hot topic. He's still scored, you know, a fair few decent free kicks and that. But I'd, I'd like to see him back, I think. Oh, we haven't done player of the pod. Ooh. I'd probably go Marvin. I mean, Joe Rothwell against could make a case for McElhaney. Or Eastwood. I suppose he's been player of the year, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, surely that's nailed on. Yeah. I think that's interesting that we can't pick. We, we don't have a standout player. We've got maybe... Mm. Three, four, yeah, five actually, players. Nelson, Nelson Nelson's played very, very well. Mm. You know, Ledson, Ledson up, up until he went to yeah. off to play for England to sit on the bench. He's been, yeah, he's, he was playing brilliantly. Robbie Hall got off the ball a little bit recently, but but as prior to that, been playing well. Yeah, well, Marvin he, he Johnson's didn't get been a pre-season. playing well. We McElhaney's been playing well. Lund, you know, Lundstrom's been playing mm, yeah. a lot better towards mm-hmm. the back end of the season. So you, you're talking five or six players 
Lundstrom without goals, 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 goals. Yeah, there's not really which is great right. that yeah. we're not it's relying really. on one player. So Michael Appleton. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well in, well in, Matt. Mm. <laughs> Right, we do have time for one more call. Fraser, you are you are on. Hello. 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 How are we doing? All right. You all right, Jerome? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Good. Good. Um, right. Couple of points I've got to bring up um, before I run out of time. So, okay. um, I'm not happy that we're letting good players go. It's really winding me up. Uh, who Who are you referring to? Right. Well, Simon Ledson. Right. We let him sign for England. It's bonkers. We're letting good players go to other clubs. You know, we we can't compete with those sort of clubs. So we we've let him go. Ridiculous. Well, his his spell with England has, has now finished, and he is now back with with Oxford. We signed him again, so we wasted money there. We got we bought him back. Ridiculous. Not happy with that. Okay. Um, what what else? You said you had a, a few points. Right. Well, I'm happy that we won the trophy. Right. Um, Coventry Town weren't a good team, you know. So I'm glad that we we were able to win that. Um, I'm not happy that we are playing. Um, I'm not happy with what we're doing with Marvin Johnson. You know. It's madness. It's madness. Uh, We're playing him in about six different positions. Okay. Uh, We're playing him in like left wing, left back, left through, left, left, left in the middle. You know, left back in a changing room as well as my dad used to say. That's that's one of the things he used to say. So I'm not happy about it, mate. Uh, okay. Where where would you like to see him play? Well, I think we we should probably you know stick him in centre back. You know, because he could he could do a lot of work back there. Um, so centre back, I don't know if we've seen him play in that position. Um, what do you think he has to offer there? Well, he'll be fine. You know, he'll just he'll just keep the ball out of that area generally. You know, that's what he'll do. Right, I'm not sticking around. I gotta go. Okay. I gotta go. Right, have a good one. Uh, thanks for your call. Cheers, Jail. Right. See you later, mate. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Fraser, for that phone in. No bother. Uh, thank you, Simon, for hosting. Fraser for editing. Paul for talking and uh, for hosting. Thank you very much. Um, that wasn't rehearsed. It felt a bit. Good Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. We'll we'll speak to you after the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we should we should talk about the playoffs. I think it's a bit unrealistic now. But if that happens, then brilliant. Cool. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.